Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, July 27, 2020, and I just want to thank you for listening and hanging on with me because I'm a moron. I apologize as we clearly didn't come to you on Thursday or Friday, and the main reason is because I went out of town and... I left all of my recording stuff at home. I got uh, went up to Wisconsin, up to Door County, and as soon as I got there, I sat down and realized I knew I was forgetting something, and that's what I forgot. So I apologize for being a dumbass, but uh, I will bring you everything that happened uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you know all of, all the exciting news over the weekend because there was a ton of exciting news we're going to start off with schools following suit of ohio state indiana and maryland to pause workouts first it was michigan state on wednesday they shut voluntary workouts down after a coach tested positive for covid19 and then friday even more news coming out of east lansing as a player test positive, and they shut everything down. A two-week quarantine for Michigan State. The next day, on Saturday, it was Rutgers' turn to do the same thing. Six positive tests for a total of 10 on the football team. They have also paused workouts as well. That makes five total schools to pause workouts inside the Big Ten. That is almost half of the conference to do it. One more school and we're hitting half. This is concerning now. There is something that is going on. And I personally have continued to say that football was in an advantageous position due to the fact that there was time, due to the fact that they didn't necessarily need to rush anything. Well, they sat on their asses and they haven't done anything. The NCAA, over the, this portion of time that I was gone, came out and they want to do, you know, they want to come out and have their own set of rules as to what they're doing. Well, you know what, NCAA, you had months and months and months to do this and you're doing it now? What the hell? Like, I just don't understand. This is this is something that the NCAA clearly had plenty of time to do, and they're still kicking the tires of it. You know, they they've advised schools that uh, you know it, to do things. I, I mean, th- this makes no sense. I don't get it. You know, they could have really done something earlier and really squashed the bug. Said, hey, look. This is the protocol. This is what we'd like you to follow. Schools don't have to follow. The NCAA, technically, for football teams, they really don't do much. But they've had months and months and months to watch what's going on and to make a decision, and they really haven't. They've been very broad. And I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Which, it's just, it it boggles my mind. It it really does. Because here's what, so, Brett McMurphy of Stadium has reported 
that uh, the NCAA advises schools that after a student athlete has a confirmed positive COVID test, they won't have to test again for three months unless they show symptoms. For example, a player who tests positive in July will not have to test again in October. Let's be real here. That's dumb. That's stupid. It makes no sense. Because if a player has is not showing symptoms, that, that's, that, that's not how this works. They should be continually tested. And I just, I, I feel as if the NCAA is just dropping the ball on this completely. They're already losing tons of money by not having a college football season start on time, missing out on all of the non-conference games for two conferences, the Pac-12 and, of course, the Big Ten. The NCAA continues to fumble this around. And it's not just on the NCAA, it's on the schools as well. But, you know, the NCAA is fumbling around. You know, like I said, you've got almost half of the Big Ten schools at some point in time have shut down due to COVID-19 concerns, shutting down their voluntary workouts, whether it be their football program or their whole voluntary workouts. It's just concerning. Uh, and then Michigan came out on Friday. They came out with their numbers. Yeah. All right, they got four more positive tests out of 94 total. However, the Wolverines have done a really good job. 13 out of 729 total tests, you've got a 1.78% positive rate. That's pretty good. I'll take that. That's a win. I'm not concerned about that, but you're concerned about it in East Lansing. Although I'm not sure that, you know, they, they, they might have taken this a little overboard uh, was shutting down completely uh, just because one player tested, one coach tested. Maybe it was the position coach and the uh, the player that was, you know, on that position as well. So that might be concerning. So, I, you know, not a lot of news coming out with specific details about who had it and what was going on out of East Lansing. But it's still a little bit concerning, concerning that, that's, you know, we're, we're stepping closer to saying half of the Big Ten schools are going to be closed down. Half of them. It came out, the reports came out again uh, for Clemson. Uh, they tested 31, 37, I'm sorry, positive. And, uh, you know, they've, they've come back and they've, they've reported that all those players are clear and they're, they're doing well. Uh, you know, that, again, that was the timing thing. That was, a, that was, you know, there was things that were kicked around where there was potential that, Clemson was trying to do this herd immunity thing, and honestly, I, I don't think that works. I don't think that's smart, especially we don't know long-term ramifications of the coronavirus. I, I think that's scary to put those, you know, put athletes in that position for a virus that directly affects your lungs, and lung capacity is absolutely enormous for elite athletes. I don't know. That's just me. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I just think that that's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, I, I wouldn't intentionally go get a virus uh, to, to try and just get it over with so they can say I had it and hopefully the antibodies build up and you're okay going forward. It really doesn't make sense to me. I'd rather avoid the whole thing entirely. I just, it just, it kind of makes me laugh, obviously, because it just seems so ridiculous to go about with that non-rational thinking, but that is what it is, and uh, it's unfortunate because we're seeing a lot of schools in the Big Ten just shut down, and it's it's concerning to me. It, the concerns uh, about traveling now have increased uh, 
go look at Major League Baseball. That's something that I said was going to be something to watch in the first couple of weeks, what was going to happen. Well, the Miami Marlins scratched four guys on Sunday. Four of them have COVID. They, they pushed back their travel. This might get sketchy for baseball. And, you know, baseball, there's clearly smaller rosters than you're looking at a football team. So if Major League Baseball, with the way that they test, can't do it, I don't know if anybody can do it. We'll see. We'll continue to monitor this, these things, but it's definitely concerning a little bit, a little bit. All right, let's move on to some recruiting notes. As multiple teams added commitments this weekend, we'll start off with Nebraska because they're still adding to their 2020 class. They did it this weekend when they went out and got junior college cornerback Nab Joseph. Nedab is a 6'3", 193-pound pretty good player because out of high school in Florida, Joseph had big-time offers, and that showed as he continued to go to junior college, work on his academics, and move on to the Division One level because he had offers from Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Texas A&M. And Nebraska beat all of those schools. They continue to work and work and work. Joseph Scott Frost did a good job, and especially after what has happened recently where they've lost two of their 21 commits, I'm sorry, 20 commits already to the transfer portal in the defensive back class. So adding Joseph was huge, big-time addition there. And like I said, he is a player. I mean, that size for a corner is, wow, it's 6'2", 193 pounds all day. That is NFL cornerback size right there. That's prototypical. They usually are looking for a guy that's closer to six foot and about 200 pounds. Uh, I haven't seen any of highlight tapes for Joseph, but my assumption is, is that if Alabama and Georgia want him, he is a high-level type of player. Nebraska also will be losing walk-on linebacker Joseph Johnson. He has entered the transfer portal. Uh, you know, always when you lose a walk-on, it hurts because you like to see those guys and just kind of stay around and help the team out. But unfortunately, he will, Johnson will be moving on. Maryland gets a, a Florida corner as well in Corey Coley Jr. at 6'1", 170 pounds. Coley had offers from LSU, Notre Dame, Virginia. So big time win for Mike Loxley and the Terrapins. Again, I love going out and grabbing those kind of players out of those states uh, like you know, Joseph, Florida, Coley, Florida, uh, get to an Indiana commit in a second from Georgia. I love it. I think it's great. I think Maryland has done a fantastic job. Um, Mike Loxley has really, really turned up the recruiting and he's getting more quality players. Uh, Coley Jr. had offers from LSU, Notre Dame, Virginia. Again, you get that SEC LSU offer, and even if it's not all of the other big-time uh, big SEC schools such as Georgia, Alabama, it's okay. I think that is very solid because, you know, the defending national champions, they scout well. Look at the probably, I mean, you could say that, that you know, they're I wouldn't say that they're DBU. I think that that's Ohio State, but they're right behind them. Um, 
you know, they, they continue to churn out high-level defensive backs to the NFL. And if LSU wanted Coley Jr., yeah, that's a, that's a great win for Maryland. Like I just said, Indiana is adding a Georgia player as well in safety. Jordan Greer at six foot, 185 pounds. He had offers from Kansas, Kansas State, Pitt, and then a bunch of non-Power 5 schools. Again, the fact that they're getting the high-level high school recruits, I like it. Indiana's never going to be a recruiting powerhouse. Never. They could recruit well, but, you know, you're not going to ever see Indiana, I don't think, very often, you know, in the top 10, in the top 15. They, they might scratch the top 25 here and there uh, if if everything goes right. And Tom Allen's had back-to-back best Indiana recruiting classes ever, and neither of those have really sniffed that area. But I, I do think, you know, if he can continue to build and work on some good things, that they, that is 100% a possibility, and you can see it. So... Uh, Indiana adds a really good one in Jordan Greer. Uh, I like it. 6'1", 185 pounds. A very good player out of Georgia. The Fighting Illini added two players to their 21 class in Florida. Uh, DB Tyler Strain. Strain, 5'10", 180 pounds. Uh, again, I'm, I'm good with this one just because he's a Florida guy. What is a little bit concerning is, is he had non-Power 5 offers, and, and, and that's it. The Fighting Illini were the only team to have a Power 5 offer to Strain. And my issues with this is that, you know, I think that Strain would be a guy that they could get later on in the cycle. Uh, Grabbing him right now, it's July. The early signing period is in December, and then you know, second signing period is in February. You can wait on a guy like this until after the season. The idea, however, is what I think is Lovey Smith is doing is well. We don't, you know, we don't want other teams to jump on strain. We want to be the first team that's on them. Yeah, I get that, but you know, with camps being light, camps some camps have started, and you're looking at the fact that you know he still didn't have any Power Five offers in general. Yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, not so high on that, but. Uh, I'd rather him, you know, compete against some of the best and then, you know, continue to recruit because you got to you got to get those big time recruiting wins and, you know, straighten a, a decent player. But, you know, again, those non power five offers uh, that that's concerning. And that's the same thing with their other commit uh, in state guard, Zach Barlev, 6'4", 292 pounds. He didn't have any other power five offers either. And I'll tell you what, uh, the. High school football in Illinois is good. It's not great. And you know, you'd like to see Barlov have at least, you know, a couple other offers, but that's not the case. A great size, though, at 6'4", 292 pounds. Uh, again, I have not had a chance to look at any of the highlight tapes for Barlev, but my assumption is is that, you know, he's a, he's a road grader. He's a big guy. Uh, but, you know, my... My thing is, you know, with guards, I'd rather, I'd 100% rather go get tackles, tackle bodies, tackle frames, and if they don't work out to tackle, you can move them down and put them into guard. Uh, go look at, you know, a, a lot of what how recruiting works and, and the big-time schools do it. Um, uh, let's look, you know, one school east of them in Notre Dame. Notre Dame continues to put out 
elite offensive linemen. And what they do pretty much every year is they just go after tackles. Tackles, tackles, tackles. The only interior lineman they ever go after and really give offers to, I mean, an elite, elite guard will get an offer. Don't get me wrong. But they typically offer offensive tackles. And then if those tackles don't work out, they move them down to guard. Uh, a little bit different when you're moving from tackle to center, so that's why they go after a couple centers in cycles. But the majority of time, you're looking at a, a team that puts out elite offensive linemen to the NFL. They uh, they go after tackles, and if they don't work out a tackle, they move them down to guard. That makes plenty of sense to me. Penn State kicked off their 2022 recruiting class with a commit from Ohio wide receiver Caden Saunders. Saunders at 5'10", 172 pounds. He had offers from Michigan, Michigan State, Arizona State, the aforementioned Notre Dame, and Texas. Interesting here that Saunders did not have that Ohio State offer. Uh, Ohio State has recruited elite, elite wide receivers in the last few cycles, and you know it, the possibility that Saunders wasn't on high on Ohio State's list in the 21 class because he didn't have an offer. I mean, the Buckeyes own Ohio. They pretty much go out and get whatever guy they want in the state and you know seeing Saunders go and play for one a rival school is a little bit interesting we'll continue to track his recruitment but uh, I think that this is a good one for Penn State they've done a fantastic job with you know smaller type of wide receivers and uh, I think Saunders's offer list speaks for itself he's a 22 commit so clearly he's not gonna have a ton ton of offers but he's got a very good offer list and uh, that's exactly what you're looking for in a guy early uh, to start off a class in the 22 so uh, there's only a couple schools right now that that have you know 22 commits and I'm not gonna lie it's um you know, it, it's nice to get off to an early start in that class while you're still working on the 21 class. And speaking of the 21 class, let's update the football team rankings. We'll start off with the Buckeyes class as they continue to lead the country, a hard-charging Alabama. Uh, Alabama at one point in time was in the in the 50s um, about a month and a half ago, and they've hard-charged up to second overall in the country while the Buckeyes are first overall with 19 commits. There is one other school inside the Big Ten that is inside the top ten. In Michigan, they have 20 commits. They are eighth overall in the country. You've got the Badgers at 15th with 15 commits. The Terrapins at 18th overall in the country with 17 commits. You've got the Golden Gophers at 15 commits, 23rd overall. Penn State. Like I said, I've been telling you, watch out for the Penn State recruiting class. They are inching, creeping towards the top 25 at 26 overall. They have 13 commits. There's a ton of room for movement with the Penn State class. Rutgers has dropped a little bit since we last updated it last week. They are 30th overall with 21 commits. The Cornhuskers of Nebraska, 35th overall in the country with 14 commits. You've got Northwestern. 14 commits they are 40th overall uh, i like northwestern's class i really enjoy what pat fitzgerald does uh, i think that they go after guys that fit more their system as opposed to you know their star rankings and uh, i'm not gonna lie i think that works very well for what northwestern does the fighting illini are 56 overall at 15 commits lovey smith has turned it 
on in recruiting. At one point in time, maybe a couple months ago, they were in the 80s, and I was concerned. Only a couple commits. Well, that number has ballooned up to 15, and they're actually doing a really good job because they are now above Michigan State, who has 12 commits. Michigan State is 62nd overall in the country. Tom Allen and the Hoosiers, 67th overall with 11 commits, and they are not quite the lowest team on the conference as Purdue checks in 81st overall with eight commits. Uh, not so great for Purdue. Uh, I think that they are better than that. I, I think that at some point in time, uh, Jeff Brom's going to have to turn on some, you know, his recruiting hat and really go hard after uh, some of the players in state, out of state, just recruiting in general. Some interesting news coming out of Wisconsin. As Barry Alvarez has said, that if college football is not played this year, the Badger athletic program could lose up to $100 million. That's a lot of money. That is really concerning. Um, and so you, you'd want, we definitely want to see college football in the fall. Uh, and, you know, as we let off with today's morning minutes, it's not looking good right now when you're looking at all the schools inside the Big Ten that have shut down. Wisconsin is not on that list. They are not of those five schools to do it, but it's still a little concerning as we look around the landscape of college football. So you know, the Big Ten's already pushed everything back by halting or canceling, I guess, the non-conference schedule, a conference-only schedule that, that uh, I thought was going to be announced this weekend, but it um, looks like they're just waiting and waiting. I'm not sure what they're waiting for, but uh, as soon as that pops, I'll, I'll clearly let you know. Uh, there's something that is of is worth a note as well. As uh, Ohio State's defensive back, Sean Wade, who spurned the NFL as a redshirt sophomore this past year, probably could have entered and would have potentially been you know, a high-round pick. I think he probably would have ended up in the second round uh, just due to uh, lack of experience. Well, he wanted to come back for his final year is what it would be uh, as a redshirt junior. Uh, he'd be on campus four years. That was his idea, go get his degree and move on. However, if a season in the spring would be played. Uh, Wade told a Florida TV station, which is where he's from, he's from Florida, that he would not play in the spring. I don't blame him. I don't either. I, I, not at all. If I was in his position and I'm looking at a potential first-round pick and the NFL's not changing their draft date, their draft schedule, I wouldn't play in the spring either. So I get it. I understand where Sean Wade is coming from. Let's move on to a couple notes on the basketball side of things as Ohio State got a commitment from St. Vincent St. Mary's shooting guard Malachi Branham. Branham is a national prospect at 6'4", 175 pounds. He had offers from Iowa, Louisville, and Alabama. Branham is viewed as a top 50 prospect, uh, same high school clearly as superstar NBA player LeBron James. Uh, and he actually got a, a shout-out from James uh, on Twitter after he committed to the Buckeyes because uh, all the you know, the chatter, although LeBron never played 
any collegiate sports. If he did, LeBron always says he would have probably went to Ohio State, but you know, LeBron likes to root for a bunch of teams, so who the hell really knows? But regardless, Chris Holtman grabbing a big-time commit in Branham. They currently have the uh, one of the best recruiting classes uh, in the country on the basketball side of things for the Big Ten in the 21 class. They are actually second overall in the country. They've got three commits, all of them four stars. So Chris Holtman doing a really good job. Uh, I will, uh, you know, I'll update that uh, at some point in time this week. Um, on a day that's a little bit slower, I'll update the basketball recruiting rankings because there's some, uh, there's some schools in the Big Ten that are in the top ten, and there's a school that... Uh, there's right outside a couple schools that are right outside the Big Ten as well. Uh, I'm sorry, the top ten. And there's one school that you're like, wait, what? They're in the top ten? Interesting. Well, there's still a lot of guys that haven't committed in the 21 class for basketball, but still impressive to see where one of these teams is. Uh, the NBA Combine is going to happen, I think. Who knows? Um, there is some you know, August is a, a deadline. I believe it's August 10th. Um, that is the deadline for players to withdraw. So they got about two weeks here. And uh, the combine list is a little, you know, it, it's just rumors right now. Uh, looks like they wanted initially about 110 players. They might cut that list down to 70. But the, the players that have been released that would potentially get the offers, uh, Iowa's Luca Garza and a pair of fighting Illini players in Aodesumu and Kofi Coburn. Uh, you have to expect... Um, you know, some Michigan State guys to to get that offer as well. But it wasn't reported that they got it. But it wasn't reported that a lot of players got it. So uh, that list is kind of turning, and the NBA is still kind of kicking their tires as to how they're going to go about with their NBA draft. Um, and the NBA started up again this weekend, and, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting to see. We, we will see what goes on. But uh, at the current moment, uh, three Big Ten stars that I have seen will end up at the NBA Combine. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great week, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.